The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I am Will Brinson. I am your host. And, uh, man, this is the first post-Super Bowl week. It is feels weird. There's a void in my life, in our lives, um, with no football. The XFL is back, though, so that's exciting. The XFL, XFL is here. It never, never really was here in the first place. So that's exciting. It's trying to fill the void. It's doing a pretty good job. We'll have plenty of XFL coverage. Uh, you know, I talked to Ryan Wilson about this briefly. He's watching some Mark Tressman. I thought the defenders, the D.C. defenders, look pretty exciting. Um Philip Walker? Was it Philip Walker or Philip Nelson? I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll talk XFL at some point. Plenty throughout the offseason. Of course, it's our daily NFL podcast slash XFL podcast. Uh, we will be here every single day until football comes back. That's how awesome we are. That's how much we love you guys. And uh, up until the draft, we'll be doing hashtag mock draft Mondays. Uh, as well, later this week, we'll do a uh, we'll have a, um, a mailbag coming up. But today is our first mock draft Monday. And to join me to break down Ryan's mock draft, the one, the only, Ryan Wilson. Yo, yo, yo. I'm watching the uh, New York Guardians crush Mark Tressman's Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know what the Tampa Bay team is. <laughs> Vipers. The Vipers. Vipers. Yeah. Um, is it the Guardians? Yeah. I okay. just saw Tommy Tran tweet out that he's going to be – he asked me in, in Breach on Friday's show, who was my, who, which team was I repping? I was like, I don't know any of these teams, Tommy, but he – he tried to hopscotch me and get the uh, get the Guardians. I'm a New York guy. I think I'm going to be. Uh, I'm a Guardians fan. I'm calling it right now. All right. I can't. You're I can't Guardians. Who are you uh, Who are you rooting for? R.J. White also joining us on the podcast. What's up, buddy? Starting to feel like Breach and Sean. I can't even get to the introduction. Just to start going off on XFL talk right away. Um, I don't really have a team. I'm just going to root for whoever I'm picking and whoever I'm playing on DFS. Kind of like the Roughnecks. But uh, and so it was good to see them go off on Saturday. But I'm not really pulling for a team. I don't have any ingrained fandom. You can get on. you can get RJ's picks of XFL. How'd you do in your picks to start out? Well, if the Guardians finish this off, I'll be three and zero going into Ooh. the last game. All right. Ooh, Luke. Who you, uh, who did you take in the final game? So we know whether you're right or wrong. I took the Battlehawks with the points. Okay. So what are you? So you're like, did you pick any spread? Did you pick any totals or just spreads? No, they didn't have totals up until I think the day before, maybe like the day of on Saturday. So never got them into uh to Sportsline. But I mean, you've been watching the games, right? Like I find it to be an enjoyable product. Yeah, it was good. I watched on Saturday. I didn't get to see anything today on Sunday. Um, but Saturday, yeah, it was was fun games. The the uh the second one was close in halftime, even though a little lower scoring, and then Roughnecks kind of took off. But yeah, I thought it was it's good football. It's kind of better than what we saw from AAF right at the start. So you wonder if. Kind of this is what we're going to see from the XFL all the way through if they're going to get better from here. I would assume that they get better. And, like, I, the thing about the XFL versus AAF, too, is that you can tell that they, like, I my theory, and I've mentioned this in our XFL preview podcast, and I hope you listen to it because some of these guys are popping off on DFS. Uh, first of all, they have DFS connected. Evan Silva pointed out correctly, I think, that having 
um, the DFS angle makes a huge difference. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a massive win, at least for me, because like I'll, I'm much more likely to, you know, if there's something, if I got a little skin in the game, so to speak, to, uh, to mess around with it. Uh, but I like the rule, like all the rules changes are kind of fun. It's up tempo. Uh, the quality of the player isn't quite there yet, but it's supposed to be a developmental league. So that's sort of what you expect to see. I, I enjoyed it. Let me ask you this. I heard them talk about this in the telecast, uh, the Guardians telecast against the Vipers. Uh, you can throw two forward passes. The first pass has to be thrown behind the line of scrimmage. Is that correct? That is correct. No. They both have to be behind They the all line. have to be, yeah, they all have to occur uh, behind uh, the line of scrimmage. Yeah. You could throw a 40 yard pass and then throw it again. I was like, that's going to be nuts. But well, you could, have- you could if you were, if you were talented enough. For instance, John Breach could not do that. He couldn't throw <laughs> a 40 yard pass. You sure. could throw a swing pass and it just doesn't matter if it goes backward or forward. You could still just throw it before okay. you get in front of the line. Because that would have been bonkers. Um, this feels like a throwback podcast, by the way. No Debo. Uh, Debo is out. Uh, everybody who listens to this podcast knows Debo is our producer. He, um, he, he did so well at the Super Bowl that he apparently got, uh, a triple his salary raise and he is now out hunting for a mansion in Boca right now. So, uh, everybody. Debo, as you listen to this, it is 429. It took us 27 minutes to get this podcast started because <laughs> Couldn't figure out how to hit the record button. Not, not even joking. You're not joking. Um, the audio of my computer's all messed up. I need, I need help. I'm, I've lost all ability to be tech savvy. It just it flew out the window five years, six years ago when I had a son, a child, and, uh, I, I have no shame in that. There's no shame in that. So anyway, let's, uh, let's get to our mock draft Monday. Uh, Ryan Wilson, it's your mock draft. How, uh, scale of one to, or you know, give us a grade. Give yourself a grade. How do you feel about this mock draft? Are you slapping it together? Is it like a you know, first one post Super Bowl, like a D plus? Or you feel like you really worked hard on this? Um, or did you like do a bunch of trades at the top to disguise the fact that you didn't do any work on the mock draft? Like what was the deal? No, I feel pretty good about this one. I'll be honest. The, the give us a grade. Draft, what was your grade? Grade yourself. Eh, I'll give it a B. I'm hot, my hard grader. But <laughs> last week's mock draft, when I was in Miami, and juggling a bunch of things, that one sort of got away from me. I, I'll own that. But this is the first mock draft. Do you know how many mock drafts I've done from the start of the college football season until this version, which is now live on the site Monday? Uh, 22. Uh, did you read it? No. 20, this is number 23. Oh, well, really? That's pretty good. I, well, I was just going on 16 weeks of the regular season. Good math. Plus playoffs, plus college for an extra week. This is the first one, however, that has trades that aren't Incorporated in real life. This is, these are mock trades. Had three of them. And, um, RJ, RJ, do you know why Ryan started doing trades now? Why did he start doing trades now? Cause he smells the master of the mock trade firing up his draft, his mock draft. And he's, he's trying to get ahead of the curve. He knows I'm coming. Not even wrong because RJ, <laughs> last Monday, Breach, Brinson and myself were in Fort Lauderdale and Brinson was going to be on the draft show with me and Danny and Amanda. Uh, he got traded for Brady Quinn, but I saw his top ten. They had a couple trades, and I said, "Okay, I got to get ahead of the curve because that—that's exactly—he's not wrong. That's one hundred percent right." I'm gonna drop a nuclear bomb with my first mock draft. I'll go ahead and tell you that. So yeah, I had to get it. You're right. I had to get ahead of you. Um, so we'll be doing uh, NFL draft coverage, unveiling Ryan's latest mock every single Monday through the draft in April. It's in Vegas, April twenty third. We don't know if we're going. Maybe we'll go to the Combine. Who knows? I'll be there. You'll be there. Will I? Who knows? We'll see. Who knows? Why would we know? It's only February 10th. Um, <laughs> I like taking passive-aggressive uh, comments. My wife is big into passive-aggressive comments. We've noticed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
So uh, anyway, your mock draft features three trades. And actually, I was walking my dog, George, around the block, and I was going through our rundown, sort of reading all this stuff, uh, prepping for the show, as I like to do, hours before uh, we begin recording. And uh, I actually, what are your trades? I was like, oh! I was like, that is, that is crazy. Um, you have the Dolphins trading up from number five to number three to get, uh, the Lions number third overall pick in exchange. And this is not the pick, the, the trade that made me crazy, but I do think that it's worth exploring the idea of either A, the Dolphins trading to three or B, the Dolphins trading to two, um, to, with the Redskins. In this instance, the Dolphins get, uh, the Dolphins get number five and number 56. For number three overall. I'm not sure that's enough for the Lions to make the move personally. Uh, what about you, RJ? Well, before I answers, let me just say quickly. <laughs> this is from RJ's guys, Rich Hill's trade value chart. So that's it doesn't feel like a lot on the surface, but um, go ahead, RJ. I just want to put that out there before you try to dunk on me. Yeah, and I think at the top of the draft, the, the trade value chart kind of breaks down a little bit. It just depends on who the guys are, who's available. Are there a bunch of teams in the market for them? And I think this is a case where – if two is medical checkout, there's going to be a lot of people moving up. You know, if, the, if they don't, the Dolphins aren't going to feel they need to move up. So if you do have them trading up, you got to feel there's going to be competition. I think you got to give up a little more. I think it'll take at least 39 instead of 56, and I wouldn't be surprised if it took 26 plus a pick swap somewhere around the, along the way. Uh, you know, ultimately for them to make that move, just because you're going to have like the Panthers probably looking and you know another trade you got that I think Brinson's that one that Brinson's probably shocked at, and a few other teams from the teens that could be looking to trade up and. If the uh, the Lions can get the house to move down, why not? You know? Ryan, do you think the Tua's medicals will check out? It's funny you ask that. I was talking to a source just yesterday. Hmm. Next, texted me out of the blue and said um, the talk um, last week was that some teams are concerned, legitimately concerned about his hip. So we shall see. I mean, that was the concern in November when he had the surgery. It, we had those same concerns when he announced he was coming, turning, going pro in January. And when he was seemed to be walking normal, normally through uh, Radio Row, you know, people are like, scrutinizing his gait. We don't know. And he's, he wants to throw late March, early April. We'll see what that means. But, again, that's going to be a super scripted workout. And if you're drafting to, uh, you're taking a chance because I don't think you know 100% in April how healthy he's going to be. And that's not even including an, an ankle injury. Like you're talking about the hip is the problem, right? Yeah, and the the two previous ankle surgeries, uh, one this year, uh, one last season, the one in 2018, he came back for the LSU game this year and, and was sort of hobbled. He wasn't 100%. He looked okay, but then you know things sort of broke down, literally and figuratively when he, when he um, was hurt in that Mississippi State game. RJ, is there any price that, or what would your price? Because I know there is a price. There's always a price with you. Um, RJ's a fair market guy. You know, if it's he'll, he'll he does, he didn't get he didn't get caught up in emotion. Uh, if, if there, there is a price, I'm sure. What would the price be if you were the Redskins, the Washington Redskins, at number two overall to move down to number five with the Dolphins, knowing uh, full well and good that if you go to five, Chase Young will not be there because Dave Gettleman is going to stand pat. Dave Gettleman's like a rock in this draft. He just won't trade in the first round. If you do a mock draft and you have the and you and you have the Giants trading, you did it wrong. Dave Gettleman takes big people and he doesn't trade. So uh, the Giants will sit at four, and if they're there at four and Chase Young is there, um, he, they will take him. So what would your price be, RJ, to move from number two down to number five? Yeah, I don't think you would be there either because if somebody, if the Dolphins do move up to two, then the Lions are taking Chase Young at three. Or, so or yeah, sure. Yeah. Anyway, um, 
So when you take into account you're passing on Chase Young, I think the price obviously goes much further up than that. I think you could start by asking the Dolphins for all three of their first-rounders, or you can ask for two this year and then one next year, and then probably since you're taking a discount uh, because the ones next year aren't worth as much as the ones you know immediate, uh, then you could ask for a little bit more too. But I think it's going to take at least you know three first-rounders and all, including the number five pick, and then um, maybe a little bit extra off of that. So would you move down for the three first-rounders this year from two to five? Uh, if I'm Washington, I would. I think Chase Young is amazing, but that's just a lot of, you know, cost controlled young talent that you're getting. Especially if you can get like, you know, what was, what would it be 518 and either 26 or the future first rounder. I mean, that, that's going to fix a lot of your problems. You can help the offensive line, you can help the defense, and you can get a weapon for, for Dwayne Haskins all in the first round this year. As good as Chase Young is, you know, why not do that? Uh, Ryan, would you do that move? Um, the, my only, another, only reason I'm hesitating is, is what if Chase Young is Nick Bosa? Are you trading Nick Bosa for three first rounders? Probably, but what are those three first rounders going to be? And if they're, you know, they play like doo doo in the, in year one, then, then you have some explaining to do. This is Ron Rivera's first year. They got rid of Bruce Allen. They would you, would you, Manson. would you trade Nick Bosa for, um, uh, Josh Jacobs, Cleveland Farrell, and Jonathan Abrams? No. RJ? No, but, um, if you're the, the, you know, Washington and San Francisco are in much different places. San Francisco from last year and Washington. You know, Washington, no matter what they do, they're not competing for a Super Bowl next year. So mm-hmm. if you're building for the future, I'd rather get, get quantity over quality because you need a lot of talented guys to come in and help, help upgrade your roster. Plus you do look at it with the new coach. He's going to want his type of guys in there. So if he has multiple guys he, he would like to have in the first round that he thinks are better fits for what he want to do, I think he would be all in for moving down a couple spots, passing on Young and then getting three guys that, you know, he's, he's signing off on. The other thing with that so much is just my only concern is that Redskins fans have been so beaten down that they may give up if they hear the Redskins have traded the number two pick. If they haven't given up by now, then that's, I don't think this is going to push them over the edge. That's true. Well, that's been the talk, like a lot of talk on DC radio. I know, uh, Danny, uh, funny Danny on 1067 the fan, uh, that's his Twitter handle, Grant of Grant Danny, um, has been, uh, has been promoting it too. Grant, uh, Paulson's been talking about as well. Like, should the Redskins trade down? Should they accumulate more assets? They are a team that needs more picks. They need more players. I mean, I think, like, I think the problem for Washington is that they will have the mindset that they need to get the RG3 package in return to move off of number three, because that's what they paid up to get there. And so I think it'll be tough to justify, like, I think it'll be tough to get the price that you want to get, uh, based on what fans expect you to get from uh, another team. Like, I just, I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen. Yeah. I mean, um, we'll see. What would, uh, RJ, what would your price be to move out of number three? Uh, as we point out, Ryan has, uh, the, and again, like, I don't disagree with what you did. You went by the Rich Hill trade chart. That is based on what teams have done recently. Um, I, I would not move out of number three to number five for just the additional 56 pick though. Well, let, before RJ answers, because he's going to convince me to change the mock draft before it goes live on Monday, would you do it for the number 39 pick, which RJ mentioned a moment mm. ago? Which is basically a first round pick. Oh, it's not, but, um, seven spots off the last first round. No, I would probably need more because I think that the, there are, there are multiple teams who want to come up and get a quarterback, whether it's the Chargers. Like I would, I mean, I would, I would just, I would have, if the, unless the Dolphins are just the only team trying to move up, which would be surprising, then I would be having an auction for it. So I would, I would probably need a future first. All right, let, let's crowdsource this. You say first round pick, RJ, what are you going to need? So I can adjust my mock draft accordingly. So I yelled at. I just think if you make it that second, that earlier second round pick, I think it's fine at that point. Uh, only moving down those two spots for that earlier second. 
Um, but it depends on his medicals. Again, it ha- there has to be competition to come up and get to a, otherwise, you know, why are you going to move? I, you know, you talked about the Giants not trading around because that's not what Gettleman does. Chargers don't do that either. If you go back to the Chargers drafts, sure. like they never trade picks. So I wouldn't even be worried about getting them. Ryan did something smart here with another team he has trading up to get a quarterback to tra- trade him over the Chargers. And that's what you would have to do. And you don't have to be worried that they're going to trade up over you because Chargers just don't do that. Have the Chargers really not moved up since like Phillip Rivers? I guess yeah. Tom, Tom Telesco just doesn't move up in the draft. Now, yeah, they're very boring. When I do my seven round mocks and with a bunch of trades, I always just slot them in for wherever their picks are. No, I don't have to worry about trading with them because they just don't do it. Does he come from the, uh, is he Bill Polian disciple? I think he is, right? Telesco? I'm pretty sure he is. Sounds right. Hired Andrew Barry for his first job back in the day, but I don't know what the, the tree is for him. Who, Telesco? He did? Yeah. I think I could be wrong. I was watching a, an interview with him. Uh, Telesco's quietly been there since 2013. That's a long time for a GM without any like real success. <laughs> I think he's good at his job. Like I think he does a very good job. But um, you know, I hate the Chargers now. Anyway, uh, the other team you mentioned, the Indianapolis Colts. So you have the Dolphins going from, uh, excuse me, you have the Lions going from number three to number five in a trade with the Dolphins. Uh, price TBD based on what Ryan puts on the website. Um, and I'm then. I think 39 is enough to do it. And yeah. then, and I like this for the Lions, and this is why you really want to trade from three to five, is that then you have the Lions trading with the Indianapolis Colts all the way down to number 13. The Colts give up um, number 13 and number 44 in exchange for the Lions, number five overall pick. They come up and they take your boy, Justin Herbert. Slap in the face to Jacoby Brissett, a slap in the face to Philip Rivers' rumor mongers. Um, RJ, is that enough to go from five to 13? I say no. According to the chart, it should be. But again, you know, if there's going to be competition to get up for Herbert, if you're talking about Carolina or one of those type of teams, maybe Tampa, um, then maybe it won't be enough. So I, I think if you're Detroit, why not ask for number 34 instead of number 44? And I don't see the Colts, if they're committed to moving up, turning down that, that, option and then again you might have to have a pick swap later on to to you know boost it up a little bit more but i think it'll end up being if this trade happened it would end up being 34 plus 13 to move up sold yeah and 34 of course is the uh by the way that that last year was a steal when the redskins moved back up to get montez sweat in the first round uh the, the colts dropped out of the first round they got the redskins future second round pick ended up being as you pointed ryan basically a first round pick nice job by chris ballard that would be my only real qualm excuse me aside from the the compensation here is that i don't know that i mean look, i guess if they love herbert they'll come up and get him that's like we saw chris ballard came um is so is ballard is he a brett veach guy or is he a john dorsey guy i think he's a dorsey guy He's but, a former Casey guy. That's as far as I'm willing to go. Yeah, all I'm saying is that we saw Casey do that, right? We saw Casey go up and get Mahomes. And so I think a team that is going to be bold, like I think Ballard would be willing to be bold to go up and get a quarterback that he believes is the truth or is the, the long-term franchise answer. I don't, I, I, I do get the sense that they probably aren't sold on Jacoby Brissett completely. Um, if, if they strike out on Phillip Rivers or, uh, whoever else they might be interested. I can see them being interested in Marcus Mariota, uh, but maybe you go get Justin Herbert instead. Uh, how, how would you like to fit with the Frank Wright offense of, uh, Justin Herbert there? Well, Jacoby Brissett, as you point out, didn't have a great year, but I think you and I both agree it's probably the knee injury more than anything else, but he still, either way, has one more year left on his deal to prove himself. That's the best case scenario for Justin Herbert, who can sit for a year, which I think is imperative. You can't throw him out there. And, um, like a lot of these young quarterbacks, they have to go to the right system and Frank Reich, is the type of, of coach who I feel like can get the most out of these players. And 
I think I've said this before on the podcast. I know I've said it a bunch of times in recent weeks. When I talked to Herbert at the Senior Bowl, he mentioned nothing about the, the physical skills that he has in terms of what he needs to improve on. It was his leadership. So, um, look, you can coach a lot of things, and, and I feel like if he can be a, a better teammate in the huddle and convince these guys to play for him, then all the other stuff should fall into place. I mean, he struggles with consistency, and I've said this a million times. But, again, a year on the bench in a new offense, the offense in Oregon was him running the ball a whole bunch. And, and I think he has a chance to be a good player. Right now, is he a top 15 pick in my mind? No. But, again, there's uh, more demand than supply with these quarterbacks, and I suspect he will be overdrafted. RJ, your thoughts on Mr. Herbert? Yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, you know, Ryan was really down on him partway through the year, but I think he kind of worked some of that value back, and he had a good senior bowl. So it only takes one team to, to take the plunge. I, I think that will be the Chargers at six, if, if nothing else, you know, if nobody comes up and trades above him. And, yeah, most quarterbacks, you would want them to sit for a year, and at least a year, and learn. Uh, you know, the best quarterback in the league right now, Patrick Mahomes, sat for a year, and it certainly didn't hurt, you know, when he came into the league. So, um Obviously, that's what you want to do if you're Frank Reich, and then you can pl- let Percet play for another year. But that roster, you know, is so good top to bottom that it feels like it's a quarterback away from competing. Before Luck retired, I know we were talking about maybe AFC Championship, you know, maybe sleeper Super Bowl team. So you get quarterback fixed. I mean, the sky's the limit for that team. All right. Um, for the Lions, they end up going to 13, and they get uh, – who do they come away with in your mock draft? LSU edge rusher Clavon Chason. Oh, it's Clavon uh, Chason. I just I was like scared I was going to mispronounce it. So uh, no, you, you probably had it right. I mean, they could have taken an offensive lineman there. That would have made some sense. I I toyed with the idea of actually taking. Wait, so it actually rhymes, Clavon Chason? Yeah, that's pretty. That's easy. Okay, because it's K apostrophe L A V O N. So yeah. like, I didn't know if there was like a like the pronunciation was something like I like that Clavon Chason. That's a cool, easy name to remember. It might be Clavon, um, depending on the. Person who's speaking it, but I think in general, Clavon Chason is acceptable. It's easier than Tua Tongvialoa. No, that's wrong. How do you, how do you say Tua's last name? Tonga Vailoa. Tonga Vailoa. Okay. Tonga Vailoa. But um, before you got on the on the pronunciation thing, I was actually considering possibly taking a quarterback for the Lions here at thirteen, but I decided not to. It's too early in the in the process. You can do that in your mock draft. Uh no no no. I'm gonna have you. You're gonna be you're gonna be annoyed by my. I can't wait. I'm going to troll you with my first mock draft, actually. I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be hilarious. I might, I might get you out live for like a reaction show from, for my mock draft. I already know what I'm going to do and you're going to be so mad about it. Um, do you think that what quarterback were you considering for the Lions at 13? Uh, Jordan Love could have gone there. That, that's a little early for him, probably. Uh, I mean, for basically the same reasons we, we have issues or I do at least with, with Justin Herbert's game. Uh, so I gave him chase on an edge rusher. Uh, you could have gone offensive line there. Um, could have gone cornerback there even. So, I mean, the, the Lions as a the team that was previously picking third overall have a lot of needs. And, and I think it's fair to say that Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia have one year to fix this. So, um, I don't know if chase on's the, the immediate answer to fixing everything. I think it starts with Matthew Stafford being healthy and perhaps protecting him. So you could take a, an old lineman there, but I went with the edge rusher. That's actually the case for why they might not trade down. Unless they were getting like an additional for, I guess they'd be getting another high pick, but like they do have to, they have to win this year. I mean, they, you know. The problem is with the third pick, no Burrow, which they, they may, I mean, I, I'm guessing they would have taken Burrow if they had the first overall pick and then no Chase Young. Yeah. So you're taking Derek Brown. Is he going to fix things? No. You're going to take Jeffrey Cuda. Is he going to fix things? No, but those are the two best players. So at least stockpile some picks and sort of the RJ's point about the Redskins. Uh, see what you can do as quickly as possible with as many picks as possible. 
What do you think about old Clavon Chason, RJ? Have you got, have you are you fully dug into prospects yet? Or are you or like where are you at in your study? No, I'm I'm very you know top level on a lot of these guys, and I spend the next couple months digging in. But uh, yeah, I think he has some versatility. My my issue with him is the uh, he had an ACL tear, I believe, in 2018, and um, the medicals are just going to have to check out there because you get these guys in Indy and, and you get their medical charts. And if you're these teams and it doesn't take much to scare you away, we've seen guys drop from the first round to the fifth round. We've seen guys drop out of the draft altogether when we thought they might be top 50 picks. Um, so it's just our team's going to be satisfied with his long-term health. You know, so I'm a little bit talent wise. I'm fine putting him in the top 15, I'm a little bit hesitant to put him that high, just not knowing how his, his injury situation is going to shake out long-term. Um, so I, he's a second edge guy going after Chase Young. When I look at this draft, I don't see edge as a major strength or pass rusher as a major strength. Is that fair, Ryan? Yeah, it's not like last year's class. It's um, Chase Young, and then you're sort of having to pick and choose what you like about a guy and what you're willing to, to deal with and overlook. Chase Young's a little undersized. He's going to have to gain some weight, and RJ mentioned the injury history. Terrell Lewis is 259, so he looks apart, but he also had uh, an ACL injury in 2018 and a, and a serious elbow injury, I believe, the year before that. But, um, you know, when he's – on, he can play. It's just a matter of keeping these guys healthy. Uh, AJ Epinesa is 290, 285, so he, he sort of looks like uh, JJ Watt walking down the street. He is not JJ Watt, but he is not a quick off the edge guy. He plays outside in like a four and a three four. He can also kick inside, so he's not explosive. But if that's what you're looking for, you know, sort of a, a Cam Hayward type or a Cam um, Cam Jordan type, then then that's your guy. But he's not going to be a explosive edge rusher. So, yeah, it's not like last year's class. Uh, from a surface level jabroni take, uh, I would say – that's me. Um, I would say that uh, wide receiver and offensive tackle or offensive line look like the strengths right now. RJ, would you agree or disagree? Yeah, I think that's good. There's a ton of talent at receiver enough that I think we're going to see what we saw with cornerback last year. Where there was a lot of cornerbacks we kind of liked, but none of them went off the board early. The first one went off the board at number 30, and then there was like seven that went off the board before we got to pick 50. And I think that could be the case with receiver. It's not going to be as bad because you got CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy up there. They're going to go high. But I think after that, you're going to see some of these guys fall further than their talent would suggest just because teams are going to be looking for harder to find places. And then you can come back later and you get guys like even if you're passing on the the Jalen Ragers and the Justin Jeffersons, you can get guys like Denzel Mims and Devin Duvernay and name name after name after name. Antonio Gandy Golden a little bit later on in day two. And you're going to feel good that they're going to come in and help your team at the receiver position. Who is your wide receiver one, right? I go back and forth between CeeDee Lamb and, and Jerry Judy, sure. depending on the day. My only issue, and this is literally the only issue I have with CeeDee Lamb, we'll have to see how fast he runs. I've talked to some people that don't think he's going to be a burner at the Combine. But he played in the Big 12, and, and none of those cornerbacks play press coverage, so you don't know how that translates in the NFL because that's a big part of getting open in the NFL. Jerry Judy, meanwhile, faced the best cornerbacks every week in the SEC, and, and that transition should be a little smoother. His production wasn't as good as it was um, in 2018, and that's because he played with 37 first-round picks. I mean, Jalen Waddle is going to be a first-round pick probably next year. Devonta Smith will be. He came back. Uh, Henry Ruggs is going to be a first-round pick. So these guys can can ball out, and it's just a matter of spreading the ball around. Uh, I don't think you can go wrong with either guy. I think Jerry Judy might be a little easier to assimilate. But that said, CeeDee Lamb could come out and just dominate from day one. I mean, he's a really, really good player. Is there any chance that LaVisca Chenault ends up being the first wide receiver taken? Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, here's the thing. Um, I've been sort of calling. Could, Levi- could, uh, could he run like four three at the combine? We have. That's the thing. He he suffered through injuries last year, and he was sort of a shell of himself. And and at the beginning, of the he's year, a wide receiver gonna, from Colorado, by the way. I should point out. 
Podcast listeners might not know that. Remember, Ryan, you're you're talking not to the lowest common denominator, talking to the fan who's spent all season engaged in in in, in NFL football. Yeah, he's six two, six three, about two hundred twenty pounds. And in September, October, I sort of compared him to Anquan Bolden, but faster. But again, we have to see how fast he runs. And I can't remember who, but someone tweeted at me the other day and asked a very good question. He said, "Is a better comparison for Laviska AJ Brown?" And if he runs well, AJ Brown ran a four four nine at the combine. He could be AJ Brown, and if that sort of thing gets you going, absolutely. And I've had him going in the bottom of the first round to aid to uh, RJ's Bills, and I sort of love the the matchup there because we know all the other wide receivers are about four and a half feet tall. So get a big wide receiver, get open down the field. He can play. He's a four down player. He can play anywhere. He can run the wildcat, play H back, whatever. And if he's healthy and he runs well, he can. I would not be shocked if he went a pick or two or three or four higher than CD or Jerry Judy. I mean, he he is a he was a top ten guy coming into this this season, and, and just injury sort of derailed derailed some of that steam. Mm. What about your thoughts on those top wide receiver guys, RJ? Yeah, I, I don't think he's on that level. I think he's going to be a late round one guy. Um, you know, Bill, Bills are a good option. I think that's kind of where his window starts opening. I wouldn't I wouldn't call him a top twenty pick. I think his stock was higher coming into the year, and I just don't think that he separated himself, uh, uh, you know, from the rest of the pack as much. So I think he might be one of those guys that that are uh, victims of the depth of the class pushing guys down. Um, but, yeah, I would put, you know, like he said, Lamb and Judy are right there, one and two, one and one A. Probably Lamb, just get, I give a little bit of an edge to. Um, but Judy was the better prospect coming in, so if you want to rely more on this 2018, that's fine too. I have no problem with either of those guys. All right. Uh, Burrow, Joe Burrow, uh, wouldn't be a mock draft if we didn't mention it. Is Are you still firm on him going number one overall? I mean, you have him obviously going first to the Bengals in your mock draft. Um, is there anything that could change your mind? Like, for instance, Carson Palmer pointing out that uh, to Damon and Mendelara at the Super Bowl, that's why I wanted out of Cincinnati. I never felt like the organization was really trying to win a Super Bowl and really chasing the Super Bowl. Do you think there's a chance that Joe Burrow's family, Mr. Mister Burrow, if I recall, <laughs> is Mr. Burrow a meathead or is it somebody else? He was uh, he was offensive coordinator at uh, Ohio University, I believe. Okay, so, so somebody else I'm thinking of. There's some dad they've been showing a bunch in the in the stands who's like a total beefcake. It's not Joe Burrow's dad. Anyway, um Gardner Minshew's Gardner Minshew's dad, that's right. Good call. <laughs> is there any chance that um that uh Joe Burrow's dad pulls at Archie Manning? Uh, Joe Burrow's dad looks like uh like every dad you see at church. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely wears khakis. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Uh Gardner Minshew's dad is the guy you see outside of church selling cigarettes. <laughs> That's good. That's right. Uh, look, man, this ain't this ain't complicated. If you're the Bengals, you draft them. You don't listen to any of the noise between now and late April. You draft them, and then you worry about whatever comes after that. I know that Zach Taylor was uh, coaching the Senior Bowl team with Justin Herbert. You don't fall in love with Justin Herbert. You just wait for Joe Burrow. And I thought that Carson Palmer's comments were telling, especially since Carson's brother Jordan works with Joe Burrow. Mm. Uh, so that that's curious. But at the end of the day, you take Joe Burrow. It's not up to Joe Burrow. It's up to the Bengals. And I think. Done and done. Get your franchise quarterback, and and he'll play for Cincinnati. What's he going to do? Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, you know, the Dolphins seem like the most likely candidate to come up and get him if it's not the Bengals. Is that a better organization than Cincinnati? I mean, it's not like you're you're uh, you're locked into any organization at the top of the draft. You can't feel good about any of these. Um, and yeah, I would say the benefit of it being the number one overall, you know, unquestioned number one overall prospect is. Bengals got to sell themselves on Burrow too. You know he's got to be confident, so he doesn't play any of these games and tries to sit, to sit out. So you do have that in the back of your mind. If you're Burrow, you could you could try that. 
Uh, but yeah, I don't see it happening. I think ultimately Bengals take him any place for the Bengals and all this February, early February talk was much ado about nothing. Um, all right. Well, let's take, I, I agree. I like, look, we haven't seen a true holdout. I mean, the closest thing was like Joey Bosa over the offset language and these guys just can't hold out under the new CBA. So like, what's Joe Burr going to do? Like threaten to go to the XFL? I mean, come on. It's not happening. Uh, well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll do some more Mock Draft Monday talk. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right. So you've got, uh, we mentioned, um, let's see, we mentioned, uh, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert to a tongue, tongue of Yaloa. Can't get it right. Did I say it again, Ryan? Tongue of Yaloa. Tongue of Yaloa. Tongue of Yaloa. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Um, it'll be like 2024, 2044 and I'll finally get to his name, right? I should just start calling, just keep calling him Tua. Um, the other guy you have going in the first round at quarterback. Oh, you have two more. You have five quarterbacks in the first round. Jacob Eason to the Patriots. Hello, page views. And, uh, Jordan Love in a trade up with the Buccaneers. So you have no, no free agent quarterback signing anywhere. Is that what's happening in this mock draft? I got to get it in before free agency. Here's my thinking with the Patriots. And, um, that makes some sense if you, if you squint your eyes a little bit and no, for sure. don't think too hard about it. So listen, they've drafted Jacoby Brissett. Jimmy Garoppolo, Ryan Mallett, all sort of big-armed, athletic quarterbacks, and Jacob Eason fits that mold. Uh, the issue is that Jacob Eason is now going in the first round and picked in the 20s while the, the other guys are either second- or third-round picks. So that, that in that sense, you have to stretch stretch your imagination. But, I mean, it's not outside their own possibility because this year, unlike previous years, we don't know what Tom Brady's doing. He's also 42 or 43, and even if he comes back for a year or two, is Jared Stidham last year's third-round pick the long-term answer? All we know about Jared Sidham is he came in to relief of Tom Brady during the season, threw a pick six, and was promptly benched. And that's all we know about him. So it doesn't seem like they're sold on him. And um, ideally, I would have preferred Jacob Eason to return to Washington. I thought he his season started off really strong, and then he sort of faded. And that could have just been from lack of reps. I don't know. But he, he's a big-armed athlete like a lot of these quarterbacks, and 
again, as we've sort of been preaching, if he doesn't have to start right away, have him sit on the bench for a year or two, just like all Jacoby Brissett, Jimmy Garoppolo, and, and Ryan Mallett did. And two of those three guys worked out. The other one didn't set his alarm clock. Over, under, RJ, when April comes around, three and a half quarterbacks in the first round. Over, but I don't think Easton is going to be the guy. I think he's fifth for me right now. Now, when we get into the combine, he might you know, impress the right people and, and work into the space. So my only issue with this fit to the Patriots is I think knowing the Patriots, if they do this, they'll do it after trading down and getting some more value for their pick and, and taking him in the 40s or late 30s or whatever. Um, and, too, bad, uh, too bad Ryan doesn't have an editor to keep him in check. <laughs> One round, dumb dumb. I didn't do a mock with trades this time, uh, he, but uh, he didn't. That was a joke. Oh, okay. Just kidding. Oh yeah, He's mock. For those who don't know, I mean, like, not that you would know this if, if you just listen to the podcast, but like, there's not much that's a bigger pain in the ass for editors than mock drafts with trades. Fair. Um, so there, I don't want to make that the number one. No, no, a, I, I mean, I don't mean like a general, like for instance, I would like, I personally would rank above mock drafts of trades in terms of being, things that are pains in the ass. I'm just talking about like things that we have to input from like, from the back inside. They're a huge pain, right? Yeah. yeah. Mock in general, a huge, huge pain. Um, just because on the editor side, cause you got to put it in, into our static page too, and our tool that kind of powers HQ. So the, uh, the trades, you got to deal with changing teams and everything. You know, it gets a little tedious, but that's why we're here. That's why they pay us. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know that part. I thought it was just tedious for my for my end. I thought once I was done with putting inputting into the system, that was it. But I guess you learn something new every day. <laughs> Sorry, Hart J. Glorious <laughs> if that was it. But we're gonna re. Oh, I think we're gonna overhaul the system pretty soon. I think this might be the last year doing what we're doing. So um, that that should be better. You know, if if uh, if look, we get in. look forward <laughs> to seeing it rolled out in twenty forty four. Hey, RJ, better chance that uh, Brinson can pronounce Tua Tagovailoa's name. Uh, I will take the under on uh, Brinson pronouncing the name. I will, I will, I will get Tua right before the before the start of the draft. There was no chance that new system will be rolled out by the start of the draft. I mean, you're going to get it right pretty quickly because you're going to start projecting the Panthers trading up and getting him. So that's going to be your guy. See, you don't I, want I actually think the Panthers are tanking. No, that doesn't make any sense. Why? You don't hire a whole bunch of new people in the front office and the uh, coaching staff to lose a bunch of football games. I, I, I think they will happily lose football games. How about that? Matt Rule and, and my guy Joe Brady, William Mary, will not happily lose football games for, I don't know to what end either, by the way. Matt Rule's got a seven-year, six-year contract, seven-year contract. He's not worried about it. So he's got 12 months off to do whatever he wants to? I'm just saying they're going to strip down, strip the sit down for parts, trade McCaffrey, trade Cam. You can tell that there, you can tell by the way, like the what, things that Greg Olson have said, the things that Luke Keekley, like Keekley's like mentioned how all the change and the turnover of the coaching staff affected his decision a little bit. Greg Olson said it wasn't quite mutual. And then Cam comes out and says, I'm absolutely coming back. I mean, he's, they're posturing. It's all, you can tell there's a, there's a split in terms of how they want to go. I, I just think they'll be willing to strip this thing down and lose next year. So you think the parallel there probably is Shanahan with the 49ers come in, lose a couple of years, get your quarterback finally, and then once everything's pieced together, then you go on a run and hopefully get to the Super Bowl. Correct. And then lose the Super Bowl in heartbreaking fashion. That's the dream. That's, That's what we all get up in the morning for. Um, RJ, you did a three-round mock draft. True? False? True. Working on it now. Uh, it'll be out Tuesday. Uh, I did my first round. That was out last Thursday. and. And we had a gap to fill, so I said, why not put a three-rounder up? Because I'm apparently addicted to work and can't take time off. So working on that now, and uh, I have the picks ready. I just need to write it all up. That's a good – that's a very nice uh, humble brag on mm-hmm. um, 
Like, hey, I've worked. Like, oh man, I'm addicted to working. That's a good thing to say. That'll get a. Uh... What would you say is your worst quality, RJ? I'm addicted to working. <laughs> say I work too hard. <laughs> uh, just too hard a worker, really. I mean, what was the most surprising thing that popped up in your first round of your, of your mock draft? Uh, it depends uh, on, you know, surprising to who I'm sure somebody else would have to look at it and uh, and make that claim. I had uh, Vegas going with Jordan Love, who we haven't talked about yet, uh, but I had it in 19. I would think it'd be a little surprising if they passed on a quarterback at 12 and then got him at 19. I just think that's about where he should go. Um, and yeah, like I said earlier, the receivers, I have them going a little bit lower than people think. I had Henry Ruggs going down in the twenties when I think overall talent wise, he's a top 15 player. Mm. And then, um, and then you just go from there with the receivers. You start making a run in the 20 to 50 range. Okay. Uh, yeah. also, um, you didn't know this, Brinson, but RJ has CD lamb, Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs all going to the bills. <laughs> That's false. I'm actually looking at it right now. He has. I mean, obviously it's false because the Bills don't have three first round picks. CD Lamb, 12th to the Raiders. Jerry Judy, 13th to the Colts. And then, uh, Henry Ruggs going, uh, 21st to the Eagles. I actually kind of like those fits for those wide receivers. Um, are there any, uh, talk to me, uh, how much, how much work have you done? Are you like, Ryan, where are you on these, on these prospects? Like, I mean, I know you've been watching tons of college football and grinding on tape all through the, I mean, like, I'm not even being sarcastic. Um, do you ever, like, People probably don't know it because they listen to you on this podcast talk about NFL most of the year. But, like, you've been working your tail off all season long grinding on college tape. Um, how comfortable are you with the offensive line class? Um, much more comfortable with the tackles than the than the guards and the centers. I haven't watched a lot of guard and center play. But that's I'm like, about 205 guys deep. That's a um, lot. Yeah, but, again, that started in September. And I just, you know, once I – and I, I will say this, and RJ had me do the quarterbacks every week during the season, and that, that was extremely helpful just – for keeping up with watching the games and one keeping up with it, but yeah, I um, I'll be honest, I have to, have to do some work on centers and guards. Well, I, I was going to ask you a tackle question, so that works out well. Oh, go ahead on with the tackles. I feel pretty good about the tackles. Uh, the guy from Louisville. Yeah, six seven, three sixty. Is Mackie it Beckton. Mackie Beckton? Yeah, he is enormous. He is he, he and in fact, I, every time I, I put him in the mock draft now, I, he moves like he's about two hundred fifty pounds. Plays left tackle, and you remember last year Cody Ford, the kid out of Oklahoma who ended up going to the Bills, who's who's built like a like a school bus, like he he just like everything's the same size, like his waist is the same size, his thighs the same size as calves. That's Mecky Becton, who's insanely athletic. I would imagine at six seven, even though he weighs three three sixty, he can probably do some crazy dunks, like probably two hand reverse type things. That's how the type of athlete he is. Um, Wimble was better this year than they were last year, but he was sort of lost in in the mix because. You know, they're not a, a big time, they weren't a big time program this year, but, um, Scout's been talking about him for a while and, and I suspect he will sneak into the first round. Uh, he's not a super clean, he's not, you know, spotless in terms of a prospect, but he, he's one of the best offensive tackles in this draft class. And, um, I think I had him going actually top 10 to the Jaguars primarily because every time Pete talks to me about this mock draft, he goes, the Jaguars are taking an offensive or defensive lineman. Don't, don't put anyone else there. No cornerbacks. So that's why I'm going there. Pete also fired Doug Marone like eight months ago. So, <laughs> how's that working out for you, Prisco? Uh, what are your What are your thoughts on? Uh, have you watched any of Beckton, RJ? A little bit, not you know, not enough to feel comfortable, but uh, you know, he, he definitely jumps off as being agile. He's one of those guys that are going to catch some touchdowns on the offensive tackle leaking out into the end zone plays. He's just that kind of be able to move. He's he'll be able to get by some some linebackers that aren't aren't paying attention. 
Um, but yeah, I think he's clearly among that top four. Uh, you can kind of throw those top four guys between him, Andrew Thomas, Tristan Wirfs, and um, Wills, Jedrick Wills, into like a boggle machine and mix them up and then pop them out any four ways, and that could be the order they're taking in at this point. You know, I don't think anybody separated themselves. But I think once you get past those, then it kind of starts to dry up. Uh, you're looking at Josh Jones, who had a good senior bowl, which Ryan can talk to talk about um and then after that you know kind of good luck so if you want an offensive tackle i think that's why you got to get them early in that top 15 because there's not not really any guys you're going to be able to rely on uh as coming in and being able to start right away 832 pick six podcast episodes in the books and we got our first boggle reference yeah how about that very exciting boggle you're welcome thank you um i actually don't know how many podcast episodes we've done but we've done it for two four years because we started before the draft before the 2018 draft with Baker and those guys. Um, man, we've been doing this for way, way, way too long. Uh, yeah, watch Becton play. I mean, he is, he, for a guy who's 370 pounds, he's just so agile. And, like, they have a creative run game at Louisville. They use the running quarterback a lot. You feel like he's a guy, like, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Panthers jumped on him, even that high. Is, is, is that too high? Or even, like, Dave Gettleman. He fits the mold for a Dave Gettleman guy. They need protection. They want to be able to run the ball with Saquon Barkley. He could step in and be an impact guy in the run game right away. Here, uh, I just sent you and RJ a clip. Just look at the first block. Mm, let's see. Is this from the Senior Bowl? No, this is during the season. Oh, my God. That's against Clemson. He just ragged all the, the guy playing the edge there. Who's that Who's that for Clemson that he just destroys? He no longer has a name. <laughs> He's dead. No, or, or a soul. He's like um, those guys in the uh, old NCAA football games. Uh, DL92, that's his name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, RIP so. number 92. Um, there are three, there are four teams that don't have a first round pick. The Bears, uh, the Khalil Mack deal, the Steelers, the Minka Fitzpatrick deal, the Rams with the Jalen Ramsey deal, and the Texans with, uh, one of 342 draft pre, preseason trades that, uh, that was made. Uh, they, theirs was the Laramie Tunsil deal. Um, RJ, in your three-round mock, did you have any of these teams being aggressive and moving up? Are they trying to sit back and recoup assets? Why? How do you have them approaching sort of the second round? It's too early for me to do trades. Um, I, I don't think that any of these four teams need to trade even more assets to move up in the first round. I think you got to come in and build their depth. If a clear target does start to get close, I'm okay with trading something minor to move up. We saw that last year when the Browns didn't have a first-round pick, and they traded up three spots to get Greedy Williams. I think they traded like a fifth-rounder. So I, I can see that, but I don't see anything trading like the Bears trading you know, their first two or three picks to get up to the first round. That's not going to happen. Okay. Um, what do you want the Steelers to do, Ryan? Um, I won't spoil RJ's. Are you ha- are you happy with the Minka deal? <laughs> Come on, I said that from Seriously? day one, and you know I'm happy with it. Everyone was like, "This is a terrible deal because the Steelers are going to give away a top five pick," which was a, a realistic expectation when your quarterback is Mason and or Duck. But they somehow came away eight and eight, eighteenth pick over to the Dolphins. If Minka Fitzpatrick, I've been saying this forever, were coming out in this draft, he would be a top five pick. He'd be the first defensive back taken. He was a he turned that defense around. It was yeah. a, a Absolutely, every day of the week I'm making that trade. Okay, I, I I don't disagree. I mean, they end up giving away the number 18th overall pick. Like, you have the Dolphins taking Patrick Queen there. I mean, do you think any of these teams who gave up these first round picks regret it? Um, I mean, they get two first rounders for Laramie Tunsil. The Dolphins do, but I mean, no, I'm saying like Houston. I mean, Houston won the division, went to the playoffs, so they got Tunsil there. Um, you know, the, the I would say the Rams might regret it, but they only gave up number 20 overall. It's not like they gave up a crazy. They pick. have no other draft picks either. The Rams. Yeah, their first, their next draft pick is in 2044. <laughs> I mean, the Jalen Ramsey trade, they gave up two first rounders for that. 
and I think their salary cap situation isn't great. They have some issues along the offensive line. Eric Weddle just retired. Um, their quarterback isn't very good. They have Todd Gurley on, on contract for a few more years. I mean, it goes on and on. Yeah. Uh, actually, I would say the Bears might regret it too. Like Khalil Max, but they got to the playoffs and that's great. But like Khalil Max on a huge contract, they, you know, they don't. They're, you're sort of burying the lead there. They drafted Mitch Trubisky ahead of everybody else. Uh, Patrick Mahomes? Did they draft him ahead of Patrick Mahomes? And Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Why didn't anyone ever mention that? I know. I, know. I, just, I just found that nugget. That's a fun fact. <laughs> fun fact. The Bears drafted Mr. Trubisky over uh, Patrick Mahomes. Um, hmm. Okay. Who could be a somebody who ju- – is there anybody – and this is sort of off the rundown, but I'm just curious if there's anybody on your radar or on y'all's radar as a – like a second or a second day pick that could really make a move over the next, like somebody we should watch out for who could see their draft stock jump up a little bit as we head towards the combine. RJ has a couple guys on his list of second round pick uh, players going in the second round to teams that don't have first round picks. So if he wants to talk about those guys, we can follow up. Yeah, I think Zach Bond, uh, a linebacker ed slash edge out of Wisconsin. He's more, mostly an edge rusher, but you could play him at the linebacker spot too. I think Bears need to start preparing for life without Leonard Floyd. He's a $13 million cap hit. I think you could really see him be a cap casualty too if they need to start saving some some cap space. And Bond's a pass rusher that fits it off outside linebacker. But you could do different things with him in coverage. He can handle being used in different ways. He's a smart player. Um, so I think that could make sense for them there. Or he could go even earlier if somebody falls in love with him. And then, um, yeah, other second round guys, I got Steelers taking KJ Hamler. He's part of that receiver class that, uh, that I think is deep enough that some of these guys are going to leak to the, the Steelers down there in the mid second round. And, uh, he has a small frame. He's a, every inch is going to count when it comes to combine measurements. So whether he measures at 5'8 or 5'10, you know, is going to be a big difference for him. But he's excellent with guards after the catch. He runs crisp routes. He can take the pressure off Juju in that offense. So I like him as well. Yeah, and KJ can return kicks. He's Debo's guy. I think he's five eight or five nine. So he does. I mean, he has to be taller than that in order to to even sniff the first round conversation. I don't think he will because of that. But that doesn't mean he's not a playmaker. And Zach Vaughn, uh, people were talking about him coming into the Senior Bowl. Had a very good Senior Bowl. He's about two forty the Senior Bowl, I believe. And I was actually talking to a scout about him. He goes, "Yeah, he can play outside if you want him to." But as as RJ mentioned, he can be a weak side linebacker, and, and his versatility might be his um, along with his athleticism might be his greatest strength. And, and another guy that. RJ has gone to the second round. He didn't mention here. Josh Uche out of Michigan. Uh, he was also at the, at the Senior Bowl. He's also a guy who's extremely athletic, a tad undersized as an edge rusher, and he could be one of those first-round guys. He feels like a Raven to me. Like uh, I think I've had the Ravens taking Kenneth Murray uh, most recently out of Oklahoma, the linebacker. But um, Josh Uche is a guy to also keep an eye out for. And if Vaughn Stock goes up a little bit, uh, you talk about uh, Uche's a Ravens guy. Doesn't Vaughn feel like a Patriots guy? Couldn't you see him going to like 23 if, if his stock kind of rises a little? Yeah, no, 100%. And I think in previous mock drafts, I've had Bond actually going uh, to the Ravens as well. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, the Patriots, the Ravens, um, the Ravens obviously help along the the edge. And, and so do the Patriots, even though their defense is really, really good. I like it. Um, the uh, one thing just to, to hit on, did you, what did you guys think about the uh, – the? did you see the, the – the hullaboo about the uh, the bold predict or the bold predictions on ESPN that had like Todd Gurley getting traded and David Johnson getting cut. I saw it on Twitter, but I I didn't realize that it was not it was strictly a rumor. There were no reports, correct? <laughs> There's no report. There's not even a rumor. You can't trade. Nobody's trading for Todd Gurley. Like you got to give up. Like the the Rams have to give up another first round pick that they don't have to get rid of Todd Gurley. And on that contract, if you want. A, you know, marquee running back. Just go out and sign Derrick Henry. Why are you going to trade something for Gurley? Right. Um, I noticed this because I was looking on PFT just to make sure, NFL.com, to make sure we hadn't missed any um, 
any news that was worth hitting on. It's been it's a slow week. This is typically a, a you know, a le- like there's a little bit of a breather after the Super Bowl, and then it'll start to pick back, pick back up. But um, uh, Mike Florio wrote, uh, as the Cardinals, ESPN.com predicted that running back David Johnson will be cut because quote he's scheduled to earn 10.2 million in 2020 with the entire amount guaranteed on the third day of the league year. End quote. And then Florio writes, actually. The 10.2 million in base salary already is fully guaranteed. So thought you would enjoy that Mike Florio well actually ESPN in a public article, Ryan. And also it's a $16 million dead cap hit. So whatever you decide to do with him. And I, I know that because on Friday's show with, with Tommy and, and me and Breach, uh, we're doing sort of a matchmaker landing spots and I had, uh, Derek Henry going to the Cardinals, uh, which meant they had to somehow magically make David Johnson's contract disappear and pay Derek Henry $16 million or whatever he's going to want. Were you uh, chastised for that? <laughs> no, no, I got that all out up front before I got dunked on a bunch. <laughs> but, uh, that was just sort of a, a magical mythical land. Uh, I would love to see Derek Henry play in a, in a Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray offense. Yeah, yeah if, if, oh, sorry, go what, ahead. Yeah. What would you think of, you know, I made a few tweaks from my, my mock that went out, the round one, the first round mock that went on on Thursday, and the, the, the three round mock that's going to come out, and one of them was, I was looking for a place to put, you know, where the running backs are going off. And if I'm Tennessee, I'm not throwing a ton of money at Derrick Henry, and, and you know, I'm, I'm using that in other places. So what do you think about that for the first spot of running back, a DeAndre Swift there, or, you know, Jonathan Taylor there for Tennessee at 29? Ooh, interesting. Let's see. Um, hold on. God, Lee, I had the I had the picks up. You what took there? Jeff Gladney of. Or you want to know the, when your first running back was, Ryan? No, no. I was going to check to see what the other picks were for the Titans. Um, Twenty nine. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, come on, Tankathon. So here's what we got. As I tried to load it on my ten year old computer. So ooh. If you're so, if oh, you're wondering if you're wondering how our NFL draft expert tracks teams draft picks, it's tankathon.com. <laughs> no, they tell me which when when their draft picks are up in the twenty twenty draft. So twenty nine, I don't know if that's too early, RJ, but sixty one I feel like there could be a ton of guys there because like the top five guys, you mentioned DeAndre Swift. Uh Travis Atien actually returned, so he's not even there anymore. Um uh, and he's going back to Clemson. So there's him, there's Jonathan Taylor, there's J.K. Dobbins, there's Zach Moss, who has an injury history. Out of Utah, and then maybe Cam Akers. So I wonder. Yeah, I that- think if you're looking for feature guys, I think you're only looking at those top three with ETN going back. And if you're Tennessee, can you be comfortable that that one of those guys is going to be at 61? I'm not sure that you can, because all of them talent wise feel like they should be top 50 picks. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, that's I like the 29 pick. I mean, if you get Jonathan Taylor or J.K. Dobbins or or um, DeAndre Swift, and uh, honestly, the the three of those are sort of just the same side of the. The, the same – what is it? The They're all very similar. I was trying to make a, a analogy that – I need Breach here for that. Um, yeah, 29, and I think it's 61. I do wonder, though, if it's going to be like sort of your conversation with the wide receivers getting pushed down, and then there's a long run of them. So that run starts at 45 for the running backs. Then you're scrambling if you're the Titans if you didn't take one at 29. But you, yeah. I, I think you could easily make the case that Tennessee could trade out of the first round, especially if somebody wants to come yeah. up and get, you know, whether it's Jake Fromm, Jacob Eason, Jake from, Jake from State Farm, whoever, you know, uh, whoever they want to come up and get, and then the Titans could trade down and get a, and get a running back there. And by the way, I, I'm making fun of you for Tankathon. I've never been to the team pages. That's pretty user friendly. I like that. That is your MO. You make fun of something you don't understand and then you start using it. Oh yeah. I'm totally going to be on like radio, like as noted on tankathon.com or like, like, and, and uh, or tankathon's going to be like a podcast sponsor or something like that. Um, do you trust them? That's the question. Trust who? Tankathon. Yeah, no, they do a great job. I've been using them for several years in terms of uh, where the picks go, and they're they're up to date, and they update the draft order like as soon as the games are over during the NFL season. So that's helpful for me when I'm doing my mock drafts for the following 
day or two. The one thing you have to worry about with them is that when a pick gets forfeited, you typically from a supplement, the supplemental draft the, the year before, they don't skip the number when counting. So it's still like if the 153rd pick was was forfeited, it, the next pick would be 154. It wouldn't be 153. So then you just kind of got to do that math when you're doing like a seven round mock. It's it's got to change, you know, one one up every single time after that forfeited pick. Wait, oh. wait, wait, wait. So if Arizona forfeited 136, why did they forfeit 136? Typically, it's the supplemental draft. When you take a guy in a supplemental draft, you lose that pick in the next draft. So, um, yeah, I, is that who it was this year, Arizona? Yeah. I think there was a corner drafted in the supplemental draft um, at round four, round five, somewhere around there last year. And that was the only one. Um, I want to say, does Jamar Summer sound right, Ryan? I can't remember. I think he was a safety out of, he's out of the West Coast. I don't remember his name. Jalen Thompson. There you go, Jalen Thompson. Where did he go to school? That's right. Uh, he went to Washington State. There we go. Nice. Yeah. Teamwork makes the dream work. That's what Google will do for you. Wait, so you're telling me that, so Seattle has the 137th overall pick, but it's actually 136 or is it 137? Uh, if you go to their full order page, you can see where it gets skipped. So it says 135, Arizona has the pick from the Dolphins. 136 is the pick that got forfeited. And then 137 is the next pick. So Seattle, that's actually 136 because there's not going to be a 136 for Arizona. Are you sure they won't just skip over 136? I'm looking at the number right now. Uh, what the, does Seattle say? One thirty-seven or one thirty-six on their team page? Um, or was it, we're talking about Tankathon.com. Yeah. Uh, Seattle says one thirty-seven on their team page. Yeah, and it's actually one thirty-six. And so every every pick after that, if you're using that as a resource, you got to add one to it because it's actually your takeaway one because it's actually one pick higher since there isn't a one thirty-six on on that site. Has the NFL not released the entire? draft order yet that's annoying if they haven't done that uh, they need they need to uh do the compensatory picks and i believe last year that happened on february 20th oh my god like, they haven't done the compensatory picks have they so yeah. we're the three-round mock is going to project compensatory picks from over the cap.com uh you know they do a good job of doing all the math and figuring out where we expect the picks to go out but those aren't locked in yet so that's still a projection and then once we get through the february 20th or whatever that date's going to be then we'll have the full order and we can start you know doing Seven round mocks and all that, and know exactly who, where everybody's picking. Okay. <laughs> um, well, that was an exciting discussion of uh, web pages and compensatory picks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Great podcast. That's it for us. Uh, we'll be doing division by division run throughs uh, as we keep going along. If you have off season questions you want to ask us about, leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll answer anything and everything throughout the off season. We'll have multiple mailbags. Uh, I'm going on a little family vacay uh, later this week, so we'll be doing a mailbag. Um, download, subscribe, rate, and review. Great Mock Draft Monday. Hashtag Mock Draft Monday. RJ White, Ryan Wilson, you guys rock. Talk to you later. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.